these are under 500. And we thought this might be the case after they lost to the Marlins. And they are now 16-61. And there's a lot of significance here. This is the first time that the Yankees have been under 500. This First off, this is the first time the Yankees have been under 500 this season. And it's actually the first time they've been under 500 since May 1st of 2021. So there was a bunch of times, you know, from that point on where the Yankees, you know, were at 500, but always found a way to never go below. Like, whether it be this season, there was some instances early on, and I guess more so early on, where, like, they were at 500, but never, you know, but it's like, look, it could, you could easily be, like, 0-1, or, you know, like something, you know, totally innocuous, you know, two, two and four or whatever. But they actually, the la all of 2022 and then up until now were at least 500 or more. And even dating back to 2021, May 1st was the last time they were under 500. That's the first thing. This is also the first time they've been below 500 this late into the season since 1995. But what the caveat there is that that team would eventually go on a run. This team is not doing that. This team is bad. Now, you know. Like, there's a quarter of a season left, but we've seen what we've seen. This this team is going nowhere. So, I think you can more compare this to 1992. And they've had a 60-game stretch of, I think, 24 and 36, which I think is the worst 60-game stretch within a season since 1992. Now, that, now, the 1992 Yankees is the last to finish under 500. Um, and they were 76 and 86. And I think that you you might be looking at a record when it's all said and done this season that's more like that. Maybe not that, maybe not quite, you know, maybe, I don't know if it'll be that bad, but it could be. I don't think it's like out of the realm of possibility they end up there. They're 16-61 now. Um, so, and this sweep was just ugly. So this is the third time they've been swept this season. Um, all road series, Red Sox, Angels, and now Braves. And the offense was nowhere to be found. We're not going to have a lot to discuss, really, as far as, like, the play-by-play -play in this series. The Yankees were shut out the last two games. They had no extra base, they had no extra base hits in the last two games. And, yeah, just, um, this is a bad offense. And, yeah, and and, and I don't know. It, it was weird how, like, after game two, I felt like, you know, the post-game pressers were, like, more negative. And then after this game, it was like, yeah, like, you know, we, we just got to get a run in us and... It's, it's right in front of us, like, that type of rhetoric again. And it's like, I, I don't know. I understand, like, you're not going to say, like, in the season's... Like, look, you can't just admit defeat. I get that. But, like, you just sound... You just sound foolish and delusional. Like, there is no way that this team is going to sniff playoffs. It's just not a chance. It's just simply not a chance. Um, so this is going to be a different season, uh, way different than what we've seen. And, you know, even though, like, and I can't remember if I mentioned this last episode where, you know, like 2013 comes to mind and and 14 to an extent. And, and we know 16, what that was, like, those were better than this. like th And those didn't feel great. And yet those were, like, well better than what the output is here. It is really bad. Um, yeah, like, there's not much more to even say, but, like, the Atlanta Braves are so much better than the Yankees. It's, like, two different worlds. Um, this is what the, this is, like, what the Yankees used to be when they were good. I, I mean, the Braves are now 78 and 42. Again, the Yankees are 60 and 61. Um, and it will be interesting to see if they do finish above or below 500. Um, and my guess would be below. 
that would just be my guess. Uh, I know that the schedule f- will we'll have some easy spots, but let's be honest with ourselves. The Yankees, like, they could lose to just about anyone. The only teams that they've shown they can beat lately, lately, is Kansas City and Oakland. That's it. And those are the two worst teams in baseball. So, like, I don't think it gets better from here. Uh, it's only going to get worse. And, you know, I think there's some good with, with the 500. You know, if they finish the season below 500, I think that streak coming to an end is, is, is a good thing. Coming in last place, like... Will it lead to mass changes like us fans want? Probably not. Like, the only person that's going to go is Boone, and Cashman's going to stay, and a lot of the thing, and not much is going to change. And, like, unfortunately, I think that might happen. But how can it, though? I, unfortunately, it will, but it's like, how can Hal look at this and be okay with it? Like, again, this the, the structure and composition of this team done by Brian Cashman is awful. It's embarrassing. And... I don't know how you fix it, too. I got to be honest. I really, that's, the, I'm, I'm very concerned with the future of this team. I, I don't think that this Yankee team, especially when you look at the division, and it's a division that, you know, you got certainly a team in the Orioles that are very much on the rise. Um, I mean, more than on the rise. They're there now. Um, the Rays are always a team that is very competitive, just, they find a way, um, and, and there's no reason to think that'll stop. Um, the Blue Jays, you know, say what you will about them, but they, they have a very nice core, a very good core, uh, and a lot of good players. And the Red Sox, them as well in terms of, sure, like may, maybe you're more on par with the Red Sox, but they have found a way to be uh, better than the Yankees this year too. And in part, that was because of what happened head-to-head, where the Red Sox won five of six, and I, you know that's actually the next opponent, and we'll preview that series. But the Yankees are very clearly the the worst team in the division. And, and I don't, again, and like, why should that necessarily change? I, I don't I don't know if it does. So I think times are bad uh, for the Yankees. And that's just, that's just, yeah, you have to live with that. Um, And just the way things ran out the deadline was wrong, was wrong. And they should have sold. They should have sold. I, I understand, like, at the time, they were only, what, maybe two, three games out of the wild card? And now they are about six. So it's not as if, I mean, it's worse than it was. It could be, I mean, it, it could even be worse. Really, the teams in front of them, namely like the Blue Jays, have not exactly like ran away with it. But the Yankees have been so bad that it doesn't matter that they keep on falling worse and worse. They're they're like an angel territory right now. They're closer to the angels than they are to like the Red Sox. It, it's... It's really pathetic, um, and there's only so much I can say. It's just bad. Um, and, again, we saw this series, a team that is, you know, a World Series level. It doesn't mean they're going to get there, but the Braves are a World Series-capable uh, roster, and the Yankees are not even anywhere near it, uh, not even anywhere close. And so uh, the last quarter of this season is going to be tough. There's still 41 games left. It is still a lot of games. That's not me saying they're going to make a run. It's just like, wow, like there's still a lot to kind of go through here. But, hey, happy this Brave series is over. That was brutal to watch. Brutal to watch. I mean, uh, let, let's get into it right now. So Clark Schmidt, you know, it's funny. Out of all the pitchers, and that includes Luis Severino, Clark Schmidt was the major. It was like, this is more This is more of an, uh, an uh, anemic offensive situation 
as I've always tried to make it, but Clark Schmidt was bad. And that was unfortunate too, because he was, he's a local product. He's, you know, he grew up a Braves fan. He's from Georgia, apparently had like 50 friends and family, but he ends up only going two and a third innings, gives up nine hits, gives up eight earned runs. It was bad for Clark Schmidt. Um, and so all the good work that he had done, now that a year eight jumps back up to 4.76. So, you know, you hate to see that again, because he had been so good. But, I mean, that's going to happen against this Braves lineup. And the Yankee offense, the only time they showed a semblance of anything was the first couple innings in the series. And I'll, and I'll repeat this, and it's kind of a pointless thing to say, but it, it, it is still relevant to me, is that the Yankees versus left-handed pitching, they're, they'll at least look somewhat capable. And when I say that, I mean, you know, middle of the pack. Like, they, whereas versus right-handed pitchers, which again, as we all know, it's, what, 80% righty? Like, in terms of, what, for every five pitchers, four of them are right-handed? Maybe more than that? Like, in a, in a five-man rotation, let's just say. Use it that way. I'd say about four of them are righties. Give or take. So, yeah. So, basically, most of the time, you can't touch right-handed. Like, you cannot touch the righty side. And that's the way this team is constructed. The point there is that there was a chance versus Max Freed, and it seemed like earlier that maybe they were going to get something going. As far as lineups and stuff like that, again, it's basically the same crew. DJ LeMahieu returns. LeMahieu, again, the, the standard is low, but LeMahieu has been one of their better hitters lately. And again, like, he's still stuck on 29 RBIs in the season. Like, let's, like, I mean, I'm, I'm keeping it real, but he has been better than a lot of these other bums. Um, in this game against the lefty, they did have Oswaldo Cabrera um, in. Uh, so that meant Bowers and McKinney were both on the bench. So what you're seeing now, and even versus righties, you're seeing DJ as a first baseman, Connor Falefa as the third baseman. It, and basically what's happening is left field is kind of switching off, right? Sometimes it's McKinney, sometimes it's Bowers, maybe even as Walt. That's what happened here. And so every night, you know, obviously you have the Higgy, Rortved, catcher platoon. The infield is what the infield is. Around the horn, LeMahieu, Torres, Volpe, Connor Falefa. Centerfield, Bader. And then right field, DH is a combination of either Judge or Stan. And left field, like I said, is that sort of, you know, McKinney, Bowers, uh, Cabrera. It, it ain't good. And I think that next week, I think we will see, you know, guys get called up. I, I think that that's going to happen very soon. And the guys that are coming to mind for me are, are, are Peraza and Pereira. Um, beyond that, maybe there'll be some others as well, but we'll leave it at that. Uh, I think that they'll fit them in. And what will that mean for the roster? I'm not sure. But, you know, I'll, I guess I'll just go through it now. Before, like, yeah, it was bad. I mean, to give player-by-player player evaluations, Glaber had a lot of... Glaber, through the second game of the series, in his last six games at that point, six double plays. So Glaber who was batting behind Judge. Basically, what they were doing was they were walking Judge, and Glaber was just hitting a double play every time. So that's that's why, again, Glaber should have been traded at the deadline. I understand that he's been one of our best players, but like that was what you had to do, and they didn't do it. So, and Giancarlo Stanton, just, yeah, I know this is what he is, but just the yeah, at-bat quality is awful. The guy takes takes pitches down the middle and swings at shit way outside all the time. And so now he's hovering right around 200. I don't think he's under as we speak, but it's it's right there. It's right on that Mendoza line. Um, so, yeah, he was bad. And I'm trying to think anything else. Nothing else really stood out. Um, but just 
mainly really, really bad. Mainly really, really bad. Um, so yeah, first game, Max Fried versus Clark Schmidt, and the base running in game one was pretty fucking horrific. We'll talk about one specifically that was really bad, but first thing, the Yankees do score, and this is where, like, you know, a good team kind of breaks, you know, another thought's coming to mind here. Is that the Yankees, when they're trailing, are, real, are specifically terrible. They have not shown, there's no, that's where, like, lack of kind of fight comes in a little bit. I think it's more of a, their bad issue than, like, a lack of wanting it. But when they do trail, it's like, they are really, really awful. Whereas when they're leading, it's like, it's a little bit different. But they lose that confidence right away, and it's done. So, and in this series, they only led in the beginning of game one. And we'll talk about that right now. So, it's a first and third no-out situation, and Glaber flies out. Now, C.B. Buckner, was this was this Buckner? I think it was Buckner in game one. Um, no, it wasn't. He was game two. He was game two, but C.B. Buckner's really bad. But there was some questionable, you know, strike zone calls here. But either way, Glaber flies out. Stan walks, and so you have bases. And so, yeah, you have bases on one out for Bader, who normally comes through in these situations, and he grounds out. An RBI ground out gets the run in, but... You know, you're looking for more, and then DJ grinds out. Then in the bottom of the first off of Clark Schmidt, Austin Riley homers to make it 1-1. Then in the second, the Yankees do fight back. As with two outs, as Waldo Cabrera gets an infield single, he steals second. And then Isaiah Conner-Falefa, the one guy that really consistently comes through runners in scoring position, gets an RBI single. However, he overslides second base and is out. So, you know, with Judge coming up there and, you know, Glaber... That's tough. So IKF, you know, who, again, has been susceptible to some not-so-great base running. Again, it wasn't as if it was a bad decision. I, I suppose you could call it bad luck, but you really, you got to be careful there. And he overslides second, and he's out. So it kind of tempers what was a big hit for him, makes it 2-1. And, and then in the second inning, it, it, it starts to, you know, just unravel for Clark Schmidt. What you eventually have is he almost gets out of a jam. And with two outs, Nicky Lopez gets a two-run single. Makes it 3-2. So the former Kansas City Royal, and this was an 0-2 pitch as well. So that was, you know, again, just frustrating where Clark, you know, this was all two outs. Like a lot of these runs by the Braves, it was all with two outs. It didn't, it didn't start with two outs, but the RBIs happened with two out. And then as Zinni continues, Michael Harris gets an RBI single, makes it 4-2. We go to the bottom of the third, and it only gets worse for Clark. Um, a two-run single by Eddie Rosario. Um, an RBI single by uh, Orlando Arcia. Trying to think if there was any bad fielding here. No errors for the Yankees. So maybe that okay, maybe that was IKF in game two. Um, where right, it was. Um, so Clark Schmidt does not make it out of the third inning as Ian Hamilton comes on. And so that's what happened in the series, is that the Yankee bullpen was very good. I mean, I gotta be honest, like this is, they were trailing in all these situations, but the bullpen like really held it down. But the offense gave you nothing, and the starting pitching. A, didn't give you length, and in the case of Schmidt, got absolutely pulverized. So Ian Hamilton comes on, does the job, um, but at this point, the score is already 8-2. Eight eight so, game's already over. Um, let's jump to the 6th. Harrison Bader, after getting a 2 at single, gets picked off first. I don't know what he was thinking about. I'm not sure if he kind of fell asleep, but he gets picked off. Just unacceptable in an 8-2 game. Down 8-2, in that situation, you're getting picked off first. You just cannot have that, simply put. Uh, 
Albert Abreu comes on, who just remains on this roster. It's pretty crazy that Albert Abreu just, you know, they, they just refuse to designate him for assignment. I mean, I wonder if that time is going to have to eventually come, right? I mean, for example, Carlos Rodon's coming. I'm like, although I guess with Rodon, what they'll probably do, and I'll, and I'll disagree with it, is they'll send Brito or Vasquez down. That's what they'll probably do. But we'll discuss that in another episode. But um, you get a wild pitch that scores the run, makes it 9-2 Braves. Um, bottom of the eighth. A short homer by Eddie Rosario, who killed the Yankees this series. Eddie Rosario really came through for the Braves. That's the thing. It's like it what Matt Ol- it wasn't even it wasn't even like Matt Olson hit bombs off you. Oh, Ozzy Albies was on the IL. It was Eddie Rosario, who's like their seventh, you know, who's probably like their seventh or so best hitter. So 11-2, that was a homer off of Abreu. And then in the ninth, the Yankees get a meaningless run. Uh with two out, McKinney walks as a pinch hitter. And then Volpe gets an RBI triple. Makes 11-3. And that was your final score. So that was an embarrassing blowout. Game two. Uh, another basically lopsided affair here. As it would be Luis Severino who, look, was he better? Yes. But he wasn't He wasn't great. Versus Bryce Elder. Bryce Elder hasn't even been good lately. The Yankees were one hit. The Yankees were one hit in game two. They had more errors than hits. Two errors, one hit, and four double plays. Game two was an absolute joke, and as was game three. I mean, all these games were just embarrassing. Um, So, Severino ends up going four innings, five hits, five runs. Only three of those earned allows two homers. It was better for him as he raised below eight. Whoop-de-doo, 7.98. So, um, yeah, this one will run right through. Bottom of the first. Severino almost gets out of a jam. That's the frustrating thing is that Severino at times, sometimes he just gets killed immediately, but in the first, he almost gets out of it. Runner on third, two out is, is, is the situation that it ends up becoming. Originally it was runner on third, no out. He walks Olsen. Okay, that's fine. Makes sense. And then the worst pitch of his outing, three on homer to Marcelo Zuna, his 24th homer of the season, just uh, a flat bad slide. I think it was it a slider. I think it was a slider. Yeah, just right down the middle. Crushes it. 3 nothing Braves. And so the game's basically over. The only chance the Yankees had was in the second, where you end up with a first and second one-out spot and Bader into double play. So Bader kind of had, like, a, the few big chances that they had in the series, Bader kind of had a couple of them and just didn't deliver. Um, and then in the bottom of the fourth, you get a, a you know an error by Connor Falefa at third. And, and IKF has been good at third, although in this game he really struggled. And he and there's an error there, so it, it does eventually prolong the inning, and so the, these why these two runs are unearned. Ronald Acuna to short homer to dead center field. This 27th homer of the year makes it five nothing. That'd be the final score. Severino would only go those four innings again, improvement, but still, like I don't think you don't feel good about him. And the Yankees had to use all these high leverage relievers because the bullpen was in such shit shape. So Wandy pitches the fifth scoreless. Loizaga a scoreless sixth. Um, Canley a scoreless seventh. Elder pitches seven shutout innings. A.J. Minter comes on and pitches the eighth and does a good job for the Braves. Clay Holmes in his first outing since that meltdown against the Marlins pitches a scoreless eighth. And then the ninth, Kirby Yates uh, puts the Yankees out. Yankees lose 5-0. Game three. Game three, Yankees trying to avoid the sweep, and they don't avoid the sweep. Um, Game three would be between Nemesis Charlie Morton, who always kills the Yankees, and he did so again, against Randy Vasquez. And again, for Randy Vasquez, another, like, he keeps you in ball games. Did he give you length? No. 
Michael King did a nice job. And I think with Michael King, like the idea is to stretch him out. And, you know, look, I think him becoming a starter again, it's well worth considering. It really is. Um, with, with, with the state of this team, and I'm talking about beyond this year. I think Michael King, like getting him back in the starting mix, I, I think that's a good idea. Um, and he ends up going three and two thirds, which is really well. He was good. But again, you know, Vasquez makes one real mistake, and that was the ball game. So in this game, slight lineup tweaks where you have LeBehu leading off, Connor Falefa going to fifth. Uh, and really the biggest change, I guess, was Judge going down to the three hole. So Glaber batting second, Judge batting third. So they made some, you know, it didn't, it didn't change the result. The Yankees still did nothing, but I figured I'd mention that. Yankees actually do out-hit the Braves in this game, 4-3. They get four singles. Again, like I said, the Yankees, uh, five combined hits in the last two games, all singles. So, in the second inning, Ozuna leadoff double, and I gotta say, Stanton, like, he is pretty bad out there in right field. Like, bad. Um, like, they gave it a 70% uh, cash probability, but he just, you know, didn't really come close to even catching the ball. And then the next batter, Rosario, two and Homer. And that would be your final score. So the Braves would win 2-0. Um, like I said, you know, Vasquez pitched pretty well, although, you know, he only goes three and a third because there was a couple of walks and they bring King in, and then King really shuts it down from there. You know, there's not much else to really talk about from a Yankee offensive perspective. Uh, you know, King doesn't, like I said, uh, pitches well. Morton goes six innings. Pierce Johnson pitches a 1-2-3-7th. Um, Kirby Yates pitches a 1-2-3-8th. You have Keenan Middleton come on in the 8th. And for Middleton, again, like since he's been a Yankee, he's done a nice job. Uh, he goes 1-2-3 in the 8th for the Yanks. And the, and the ninth inning, Rysel Iglesias, the closer for the Braves. You guessed it, Yankees go down 1-2-3. So the Yankees lose 2-0. They're below 560-61. And now uh, they will go home to take, to take on the Red Sox. So this will be... Um, a six-game home stand against the Red Sox and the Nationals is what it is. So, like on paper, that looks okay. But I gotta be honest. I, I think that I think struggles will continue for many reasons. I really do. Like, like I think I, I don't see this being easy at all. Uh, Yankees, uh, they have been better at home, generally speaking. Uh, let me just you know get those. Because I wanted to mention that there is a there is kind of a drastic split. Yeah, the Yankees are thirty five and twenty eight at home and twenty five and thirty three on the road. So that that'll help them a bit. And the only difference to me will be like instead of getting swept and stuff like that, like instead of looking at a you know a, a one in five, uh, you know six game span, you might look at something that, that looks more like three and three. That, to me, that that's kind of the difference in home and away. So the matchups, it's going to be Bayo versus TBD, likely uh, Brito. And I guess the question is, will you go like with Hamilton? It'll probably be some Hamilton-Brito combination. Uh, and then game two will be Carter Crawford versus Garrett Cole. Garrett Cole looking for some better win luck, which has not happened lately. Um, so, you know, seeing Cole pitch is one of the few reasons to watch the Yankees. And then the, the final Sunday game, uh, no announced pitcher for the Red Sox. For the Yankees, it'll be Clark Schmidt looking to rebound from that bad outing against the Braves. So uh, really, here's a situation where you're honestly looking to play some spoiler. I mean, the Red Sox, their record sits at 63-57. and 57. The Yankees are 60-61. and 61. Like I said, the Yankees lost 5-6 of six to Boston. So keeping it Boston-centric. You know, will the Yankees show any bit of pride after the, the, the Red Sox, you know, beat their brains in a bit? I mean, I guess that's maybe a little harsh because the, the scores weren't lopsided, but, like, the, the Yankees got swept at Fenway. And, you know, the Red Sox have had the Yankees number, in my opinion, in recent years when it's mattered. Again, at this point, it doesn't matter to the Yankees, but, you know, look, if you're a Red Sox fan, like, you know, you have a reason to believe. I mean, I think the Red Sox are 
What is it? Are they two out on the loss side of a, of a playoff spot? Yeah, only two out of, of, on the loss side. Not so bad. So, you know, if you're the Yankees, it's like show some fucking pride and beat them. At the same time, the fans are going to be very in a, in a bad mood. And, you know, that will be interesting to me is, is if this series goes poorly, like just the fan reaction at home could get pretty ugly. Um, so, again, Yankees under 500. For the first time this season, for the first time since May 1st, 2021, uh, for the first time this late in the season since 1995, and they've had their worst 60-game stretch within a season since 1992, which is the last time that they finished a season under 500. So this is all very significant to me, uh, and I think it's only going to get worse from here. Could they go back above 500? Yeah, sure. I'm not denying that. That that might happen, but the point is, is that, like... I would be very, very, very surprised if, if we talk about, like, oh, hey, like, they're kind of, like, sniffing back in this thing. Like, I don't think we're going to get there. I, I really would be very surprised that's the case. This is not a good baseball team, and it's going to be a very, very tough quarter of the season left to watch. But we'll be here talking about it. Again, uh, would really appreciate everyone if you can uh, like and subscribe as we will, uh, you know, try to to get through this really really disturbing and ugly 2023 yankee season again the yankees swept and the offense was completely non-existent they go down against the braves they fall below 500 they will come home to take on the red sox